Hey everyone, I am Farah Kimji and you are listening to the Futura Talks podcast. I believe the future will be built by those who see opportunity where others see uncertainty. It will be built by people that don't look like the traditional leaders of our past, but by women and individuals from diverse backgrounds that see the world differently and who are driven to make it better for all. This podcast will feature these people, self-made leaders and entrepreneurs that defy odds and are motivated to build a better future. We will also share practical advice for how you can unlock your full potential as the leader of your own Futura. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hi everyone, I'm coming to you today with my second solo episode. And before we dive in, I want to share how appreciative I am for your support of this show so far. I felt anxious about sharing and being so vulnerable, but your encouragement and connection motivates me to keep going. To all of you that have liked, subscribed, shared the show, or DM'd me your feedback, I'm so happy you have enjoyed the first two episodes, and I'm excited to share more. So let's dive into today's episode. Today, I want to talk about imposter syndrome. It's a term that many of us have heard. In fact, many highly successful women like Ariana Huffington, Serena Williams, Jessica Alba, and even Lady Gaga have shared that they have experienced this syndrome at different points in their careers. Personally, I hear about it all the time. I hear it expressed from the women I consult, coach, and mentor, and I hear it from fellow female entrepreneurs. Interestingly, I rarely hear men use this term, although some notable men like Howard Schultz and Tom Hanks have also expressed experiencing it. But in women's circles, it comes up a lot. And I mean a lot. That's why I have decided to dedicate an entire episode to it. This said, this will not be your traditional take on said syndrome. So stay tuned as I share why I think it is time we debunk imposter syndrome. Before I share my thoughts and own experiences with you, It's important that we are all working from the same definition of this widely and, in my opinion, misdiagnosed term, imposter syndrome. A quick Google search delivers this, doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud, or feeling like at at any moment you're going to be found out as a phony because you don't belong where you are. Essentially, it is an internal experience of feeling like you're not as competent as others perceive you to be, and once they find out, it's game over. It all sounds very dramatic, doesn't it? I mean, even the name, imposter syndrome? We are legitimately calling it a syndrome, and I understand why, because we want people to be able to validate that what they are feeling is real and often debilitating. But maybe that's just it. When we label the feeling with the term syndrome, it becomes exactly that, debilitating. 
And we often seem to give ourselves this diagnosis of having a syndrome to rationalize what so many of us face and that I believe to be quite common whenever you are trying something new, challenging yourself, and pushing outside your comfort zone. Now, before I totally debunk what so many thought leaders have expressed about this topic, I do need to share that I myself have used this term on many occasions in my own life. I fully subscribe to it and even used it to rationalize feelings I have felt since growing up throughout my university years, during my career in commercial real estate, and even more recently in launching my business. That is until I had an epiphany about the term and decided it would no longer be my crutch. Getting to that has been a journey and a journey I would like to share in hopes that you will find yourself in my story and come to the same conclusions in your own life about why this term is completely misplaced, overused, and not helpful for anyone looking to grow and evolve. I also want to share how we can reframe our feelings and take back the power in our lives before we give ourselves this debilitating diagnosis. So let's travel back a bit. The term imposter syndrome was originally imposter phenomenon, also super dramatic, and was first coined by psychology professor Pauline Clance and psychologist Suzanne Imes in a study of high-achieving women in 1978. They concluded that this feeling disproportionately affects high-achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments and many question whether they're deserving of the accolades they receive. I personally started to interact with this defined term around 2005 when I was graduating university and entering the workforce and finally had a term to label what I was experiencing. But in reality, I did experience the feelings of imposter syndrome way before I had the words to describe it. The first memory I have of it was in grade six, around 11 years old. It was the first day of the school year, and I was going to have the same and most beloved teacher of my sisters four years before me. My sister was now in high school, and I was eager to impress this teacher and for her to like me just as much as she had adored my sister. So I enter the classroom, and the teacher is excited to see me and knows right away who I am as my sister and I share the same family traits. Oh, and also the same last name as well. Uh, so she greets me and goes on to share what a great student my sister was listing her many accomplishments in elementary school, including being top of the class for several years running. It was so nice to see this teacher so excited and proud of my sister. It truly was. But then she says that she expects no less from me. And there it was, the sinking feeling in my stomach that I would be found out as the bad lemon in my family, that I didn't belong in that same category of praise as my sister, that I would be revealed as phony or fake because I wasn't as smart, or 
if I did achieve something, it wasn't because of my own merit or accomplishments, but rather because someone had paved the way for me. It was an immense amount of pressure to live up to at 11 years old. But more than that, it felt so heavy knowing the cat might come out of the bag that I wasn't going to measure up. While I didn't really understand the term anxiety back then, that was definitely what I was feeling. I was overwhelmed with anxiety, doubt, and fear. I started to question my own abilities and self-worth. It felt like if I couldn't live up to the expectations set forth for me, that it would be such a letdown for everyone, my teacher, my parents, and even the legacy of my sister before me. Obviously, looking back, I can understand that none of those people were intentionally trying to put that pressure on me. I did that all by myself. The teacher was obviously encouraging me and wishing for my success in her class, and my parents were supportive of me, independent of my sister, but I still felt I had to either live up to these expectations or be considered a disappointment. Interestingly, it was soon after this experience that I began trying new things, things other than what my sister was known for excelling at. I enrolled in a theater company and started taking accounting and business courses. And while I didn't know it then, these were the first steps of me attempting to chart my own path, different from the one that was already paved for me, a detour from the one my parents expected me to take. When I look back, I can now clearly see what I was feeling and why I was changing my story. I felt like an imposter back then because I was trying so desperately to belong in a story that someone else had written for me. I was allowing others to define what success meant for me, and I was allowing others to determine if I belonged there without stopping to define how I wanted to measure success for myself. More importantly, I was questioning if the path others laid for me was truly the path I was meant to be on, or whether I could chart my own path and define success on my terms. The reason I wanted to try other things was simply because my interests were different. My passions weren't the same, and I didn't want to pursue a traditional path to achieving success. I wanted to pursue my own. Interestingly, they often say that what you enjoy doing in your childhood is an indication of where your passions lie. And here I am over 25 years later, still charting my own path, creating my own stages and running my own business. Those theater and accounting classes really paid off. Thanks, mom and dad. But in all seriousness, this was my first lesson that you can't be an imposter if you are truly living a life that is meant for you, one that is authentic, one that you designed, one where you belong. After all, you can't be an imposter in your own life, especially if any room you decide to be in or any table you choose to sit at is truly one you want to be at because of your own desires, 
passions, and calling. Often, we try to sit at tables that we don't even want to be at because of someone else's or even society's definition of what success looks like before asking ourselves if we even want that for ourselves. And that leads me to my next discovery, again, in hindsight, of why we need to reframe imposter syndrome. My next discovery is really an amalgamation of many situations and experiences in my life where I have felt outside of my comfort zone. Whether it was in university, to my first job in downtown Toronto at PwC, or when I transitioned into the commercial real estate industry to work for Oxford Properties, and then taking on a senior finance role with a private equity company. These were all situations that I had not experienced before doing them. And I certainly had feelings like I didn't belong, that I was there by luck and not because of my achievements, and that soon enough, others may discover this too. With each role came new responsibilities and learning, and I didn't know what I was doing 100% of the time. In fact, I felt a little lost at the start of most of those jobs. But soon enough, with each one, I found my stride and eventually not only felt like I deserved to be there, but I was competent and capable in those jobs. The reality is most of us feel this way anytime we start something new. In fact, if we went into a new job already knowing 100% of the role and feeling fully competent at it, this means we have likely out already outgrown the role, and will be very unsatisfied and underwhelmed by the opportunity. It is normal to feel like an imposter those first few days and weeks, but the reality is you are there because you deserve to be there, and you are there because you are looking for an opportunity to grow and evolve. I'm going to make a broad assumption here that those of you listening to this podcast are growth-oriented people who are constantly changing and evolving. And if my assumption is correct, this means that you are often in situations where you feel out of your element or comfort zone. Guess what? This does not mean you are an imposter. It means you are leveling up and moving through the feelings of discomfort to master the next level in your journey. And in fact, when you feel too comfortable, it is a signal that it's time for your next level of growth and uncomfortability again. It's a cycle that continues throughout the lifetime of any growth-oriented person. It is for this reason we need to stop labeling the periods of us feeling inadequate in a room where everyone is a step or two ahead of you, to a new narrative where we remind ourselves that we are growth-oriented people who are continually looking for a challenge and opportunity to grow. And with that comes periods of feeling out, out of our element. And in fact, it is this feeling that reminds us that we are exactly where we are meant to be. Also, Remember that others in the room are dealing with these same feelings too. Most people are continually trying to grow and level up 
And being in the room with people on this wavelength can feel intimidating, but also very motivating. So we can use the opportunity to draw inspiration rather than focus on feeling inadequate. Now, I will say if you truly don't feel like you belong in a room or that everyone else in that room looks different, comes from a different school, background, or even is a different race or gender than you, I understand why it can be easy to feel like an imposter or to feel like you don't belong. And this is actually where my final discovery around why it's time to debunk imposter syndrome comes in. While the discovery is more recent, my experience feeling like I didn't belong has been felt throughout my lifetime. But the most notable of all was at one of the commercial real estate firms that I worked at. I was hired to head up the finance function for a private equity firm, which was a startup at the time, and I helped to grow the company by leading the finance function to launch three equity funds with over a dozen investments, a debt platform, an asset management company, and managing the finance for the operating company. Needless to say, in the five years I was there, I should have felt like I was competent and that I belonged. I mean, my results spoke for themselves. However, in those five years, not once did I experience a sense of belonging or receive praise for my accomplishments. I was also left out of most of the informal company socials, which were quite frequent, but as one of the only women and one of the few ethnic people in the office of over 12, I wasn't invited along. This left me feeling on the outside and often like an imposter. It made me question everything about myself, my abilities, and sometimes even my own self-worth. This feeling is what propelled me to leave and ultimately became the true catalyst for me to launch my own company, Futura Funds. Before doing so, I searched high and low for opportunities that would fulfill all the things I was passionate about, while also using the skills I had gained and the talents I had to find a role that would check off more boxes than just finance and real estate. But after searching high and low and even trying something new in between, I couldn't find anything that I felt passionate or inspired by and eventually made the decision that if it didn't exist, then I needed to create it. And while I didn't know it at that time, I was on my way to this final discovery. You are not the imposter. You are the trailblazer. If a room or table or industry is not inclusive, maybe you aren't the problem. And it's time for that room to evolve. It is an opportunity to create a room where you and others never have to feel like an imposter. Just like we heard from Lori Suba of Scout Real Estate in episode two, if you don't feel like you belong at the table, it is time to design your own table. It doesn't mean you are not cut out for a job just because everyone around you looks different or went to a different school. Nothing is wrong with you when you don't feel like you belong. It just means that those rooms need to evolve. In fact, 
your feeling of imposter may be the very reason that room needs to change. Even today, as I help female founders to secure capital, and we often sit across the table pitching to rooms that are exclusively made up of male investors, I sit back and realize that it's time for the room to evolve. I'm always so encouraged when I see the launch of new funds focused on supporting women and diverse founders, and even more encouraged when there are women and diverse people behind those funds. In Canada, groups like Phoenix Fire, ClearCo, Backbone Angels, Start Stand Up Ventures, and the 51 who are building an ecosystem of females supporting females are trailblazers because they recognize the need for those rooms to evolve and for the landscape in tech and ventures to change so that we can support more females to pursue a path of entrepreneurship. Should they desire it, they definitely deserve it. They remind me that we as women are not imposters, but that maybe the world was historically designed by men for men, and now is our opportunity to design a world where all of us belong and never need to feel like an imposter in it again. This is what motivated me to start Futura Funds so I could also support women pursuing a path of entrepreneurship helping them to realize that this path is meant for them too, helping them to be a trailblazer in their own life. So let's stop calling it imposter syndrome and remind ourselves of these three truths instead. First, you can't be an imposter in your own life. Define what success looks like for yourself because you can't be an imposter if you are living life on your own terms and definitions of success. Second, you are growing and evolving, and with that comes feelings of uncomfortability. When you are trying new things and you feel like others are way ahead of you, don't tell yourself you're, you are an imposter. Remind yourself that pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone is a necessary part of living a full and meaningful life. Whether it's taking on a new challenge, stepping out of your social circle, or simply trying something that you've never done before, the act of stretching beyond your usual limits can help you to grow and develop as an individual. At first, this may feel uncomfortable or even frightening. You may worry about making mistakes or failing in front of others. But as you continue to take risks and try new things, you will find that you are able to push past those initial barriers and achieve things that you once only dreamed of. And lastly, you are not the imposter, you are the trailblazer. If the room is not inclusive, maybe you aren't the problem and it's time for that room to evolve. It is an opportunity to create a room where you and others never have to feel like an imposter. So find your people, the ones that will assure you that you belong where you do and will support you as you navigate your journey. And remember, if you're struggling with imposter syndrome, you're not alone. The feelings are a natural response to new challenges and opportunities. 
embrace it and use it as motivation to keep reaching for your goals. Use the reframing techniques and approach I have shared to write a new narrative around your feelings, but also don't go through it alone. So many of us feel these feelings. It's normal and we should talk about them more. Feel free to DM me if you need to talk. I would be happy to coach you through so you can stop doubting yourselves, start living to your full potential, and to start building your own Futura. Thank you for tuning in to this second solo episode, and I would love it if you would DM me with any other topics you would like me to uncover. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Futura Talks. I hope it has left you inspired and motivated to pursue your dreams, find your calling, and follow your heart in your life and business. If you enjoyed this conversation, it would mean so much to me if you would consider leaving a review and better yet, sharing this episode with someone who will be inspired to start building their own Futura. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and I will see you next week.